From the front office to the hard-hitting action on the field, breaking down all the NFL's biggest headlines with your host, Danny Bennett, and the bull, Darius Walker. Week-by-week game previews to get you ready for each football Sunday. Every division, every conference, and all 32 teams, we've got you covered. This is the Gridiron on Tap. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Gridiron on Tap after another little hiatus. We apologize. It's the holiday season. As you know, I am Danny, and I got my man, Bull Walker, with me. Bull, <coughs> tell the people What's how you're doing. Interesting week of games. Not any marquee matchups. A little upset about that, but it's NFL football, so I'm always happy about that. My Bucks got another win last week, 8-5. Starting to look like a lock for the playoffs as long as we can finish out strong. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah, Bucks are uh, they're getting it done. Now uh, they got a little ding going on this week. The Ronald Jones man, he had the pin put in his pinky, and then they put him on the COVID list. And you know, man, like he he can't buy he can't buy a, a, a <laughs> can't buy yeah, a, hel- a, a healthy period of time, man. He's He's, he's still fourth in the league in rushing yards right now. I'll tell you what, I, I will be super surprised and not in a negative connotation, but I'll be super surprised if Ronald Jones can finish in the top five this season. I will be, I'll be super happy for him, but that guy needs a, he needs an extension. He needs a raise. If he's going to miss this much time, if he's going to split these carries with, with, uh, Leonard Fournette, you got to pay the man. You got you got to show him some loyalty at this point now because you already got rid yeah, of Peyton yeah, Barber. Hey, he was a tough and runner we, too. And you know everybody thought, yeah, Peyton Barber was a decent runner. Um, you know everybody was like, yeah, you know Ronald Jones is more of the Bruce Arians guy. But then they go and like I said, they bring in Leonard Fournette, and you go, well. Is Ronald Jones really a Bruce Arians guy? Because you just went out and signed. Hey, I forgot. <laughs> you got LaShawn McCoy. You got Leonard Fournette. You brought all of this extra help in. So, how sold on Ronald Jones do you think Bruce Arians think really was? I, I wasn't either, season? though. Like, I believed in his, <clears throat> like, I still believed in his talent, but I wasn't sure if he was a workhorse back. You know, I wasn't sure if he would be a guy leading the league or a top five in, in the league in rushing yards. I knew he had the potential to be explosive, but okay. you know, through his first two seasons, you know, he hadn't I'm not gonna say he didn't show a lot. His rookie season he didn't really show a lot, but last season he did show the, the explosive ability. He had some big games. But I feel like, you know, it was little things he wasn't wasn't good at last mm-hmm. year, like pass protection. And, you know, his hands, they they still aren't very good. Him and Leonard have like I think eight or nine passes combined drop this on, on the season. So I think, you know, there were two areas that bothered Bruce. But this season, you know, the way he's running the football, there's nothing you can do. You got to put him on the field. And I feel like, you know, they signed McCoy. So he could be like a a security blanket for Brady, that receiving option. Because they they weren't sure, you know, Ronald Jones was going to step into that role. And he did. But, you know, they they used LaShawn McCoy last Mm -hmm. week. And I feel like 
he should be involved in the offense a little bit. Because it felt like he had a role out there. He had a couple catches, a couple runs. He looked good out there. So I feel like LaShawn probably should get a little t- couple touches, but Ronald is a guy. Yeah. Definitely. He's he's yeah. the number one back, in my opinion, in I feel Tampa like Fournette, you know, oh. just, you want to have some depth that running back in. You just can't pass up that opportunity to sign him. He, you know, you, you didn't really know he, Ronald was going to be this yeah, good. True. Like, you know, he's looking like one of the better backs in the league, you know, just this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any, anybody that tells you that they expected yeah. Ronald Jones to do this is lying. Like, I'm very impressed. Um, dude's averaging five yards a carry. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's, That's insane. Nice. Five yards a carry on it. I think he's got like 108 carries or something like that, which is not a lot. Like I said, he's splitting time with Leonard Fournette. He's going to miss uh, at least this week. Um, who knows? I mean, depends on how good Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy look. Maybe you you rest good. Ronald Jones for the next two weeks. You know, while you make your while you make your playoff push and let your power back. You know, be on the mend and heal that pinky up. You know, he he has fumbled a few times this season. <laughs> yeah. Like you need all those all those hands, all those fingers need that's, to be uh, completely intact, too, man. Show, so show a little more. Yeah, yeah, especially against a weak Atlanta like defense. Also signing those like, two, <laughs> signing those two McCoy and Fournette. You know, I think that you know lit a fire under Ronald a little bit too. I feel like, you know, he embraced them as teammates. You know, mm-hmm. that's what you do. But you still look at them as competition at the same time. And I feel like, you know, he just, he probably took it oh, you know, yeah. to the heart a little bit. Like, oh, these guys really don't don't think I'm that guy. You know, Bruce and the organization, they don't think I'm that guy. And then he came out. Yep. Because even though week one, you know, it was ugly. I feel like Ronald was at the one bright spot. Like, he, he was he was hungry. I could tell he was hungry, you know, even though yep. like, the, the Saints were all over us. But Ronald looked good, so... Been a strong year for him. And I, ho- I hope he can come back in these next two weeks, get yep. that 1,000 yards. He's at 900 right now, 100 away. So, yeah, I hope Yeah, yeah. I think he should be able to, but, yeah. Uh, I always hate when teams do that, man. Like Because we all know as... As fans, as analysts, as journalists, like we all know that that 1,000-yard mark means a lot and when teams do something like that where they're like hey he's 100 yards away but we want to just you know let, let's just preserve him and you're like like i hate when teams do that like yeah. let this guy just go out there give let, let him i mean he, let him get like 35 40 yards a game for a couple of games and then call it quits you know you don't you don't have to work him to the ground like let him get that thousand yard season, but that that for me is just it always bothers me. Like the Lions are famous for doing that. They'd be like, "Oh, DeAndre Swift is like two yards away from breaking Barry Sanders' all time rookie yard." <laughs> oh, you guys took him out? Like why, yeah, why? <laughs> Matt Patricia? I mean, why why did you take him out? Like <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've never understood why teams do that. And in all sports too. It's crazy to me, man. Uh, yeah, that's man. Well, I guess we got a little bit of news to talk about. Lewis Riddick is on the move, man. He's coming back into the front office of 
potentially one of now four teams. Um, previously, we had Houston, Atlanta, Detroit. Um, now, as of, what, like 30 minutes ago or so, we're adding Jacksonville into the mix. Um, he already met with Houston, I believe. Uh, he's meeting with Detroit on Friday. I think Atlanta's on Monday, or that's Jacksonville on Monday. One of those two is on Monday. I mean, they're so close. He could probably meet with both of them on uh, on the same day if, if we're being yeah. fair about it. Um, I man, I Lewis Riddick as a Lions fan for me, Lewis Riddick is is he's a key piece into turning the franchise around for me. Um, I've had a lot of people, a lot of people, throw the old laughing emoji at me, like, "Why would you want this guy?" He didn't do anything as a GM in Washington or in Philly. Well, first of all, he wasn't a GM in Washington or Philly. So, like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. But when you want, if you want to talk about a guy's resume, you look at Lewis Riddick's resume. Look at the players he drafted, Bull, when he was in Philly. Just to name a few: Sean Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, Lashawn McCoy, Zach Ertz. Just to name a few. Good additions. And you go so so this guy and this guy was a scout when he was with Philly and you clearly he's got an eye for talent. If you listen to him talk on Monday Night Football, you know that he's got he's got the brains of the game that he needs to be a general manager. He's got like I said, he's got the eye for talent. Like why not give this guy a chance? Give him a give him a yeah, two year deal. Definitely, I like um. It. I feel like he has good knowledge of the game. I mean, absolutely. And you, we hear it every Monday night. Um, out of the four teams, how would you rank the teams as far as if you're if you put yourself in Lewis Riddick's shoes? How are you one ranking the four, teams okay. one through four? <clears throat> one, I will probably I'm, I'm gonna go with the Texans. I'm gonna go Texans one because mm-hmm. I feel like I have they have the best quarterback. You have an elite quarterback. I feel like Deshaun Watson is elite. So if I'm walking into an organization and I already have an elite quarterback, you know, it's one step of the job, you know, it's already done and set for the next 10 years. So, you know, it's about surrounding Deshaun Watson with talent. And we see this season that Deshaun is one of those quarterbacks that he he can really just produce with what you put around him. I'm not saying like Will Fuller or, or Brandon Cooks aren't mm-hmm. good receivers. Those are both good receivers, but you know it's a big drop off from DeAndre Hopkins. And I feel like people thought Watson would take a step back. Yes, absolutely. Really, I feel like he's taking a step forward and, and really just doing everything for the offense, in all aspects. Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, they both were, they both were on pace for a thousand yards. Will Fuller, you know, unfortunately got suspended, but he was having a great season. So, you know, yeah, so if I'm Riddick, he was. if I was Riddick, you know, that would be number one for me. I'd just surround Deshaun with talent and get that defense together. They have some young pieces on uh, defense already, too. So, you know, it's not a, a complete rebuild. Two is tough. You know, these next three. Right. Because the Lions, I like the Lions. I feel like the Lions have, have some good young talent. The Falcons. So they have some talent, but it just seems like, you know, their best players are getting a little older. Julio and Matt Ryan. 
Yeah, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley really is looking yeah, good. It hurts, but you know they're they're, they're core cool. player. They have some older guys. Man, mm-hmm. just ranking these on the spot. So two o. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So two. That's how we do it, man. That's we're gonna call these games yeah. on the fly today. We're gonna so rank two, these teams on the fly. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Lions. It's because I feel like they have some pieces in place. Kenny Galladay. I like DeAndre Swift. TJ Hawkinson. Stafford, you know, a lot of Stafford gets a lot of flack. But I feel like he's a good quarterback. You know, he hasn't had a lot of structure around him throughout his entire career. And he's still been able to produce. You will want to see him, you know, win more games. But it's not fully, you know, on the quarterback, you know, when you win and lose games. Sometimes the team has to help you, too. Yeah, yep. box so, score wise, Lions, yeah. <laughs> the defense. I feel like the defense has some talent. So if I'm Lewis Riddick, Lions would be number two for me. Three, man, the Jags or the, or the Falcons. For me, it's like I'm, I like young talent. I like looking, you know, at the young players. So for me, it would be the Jags because that that. that <laughs> yeah, because they they in position already have <laughs> a top three pick, possibly the number one pick. Like they were the Jets, and like Mike and Nate both only have yep. one win on the season. So, oh yeah, I'm tripping. Well, Jets don't have, don't a win, have actually. One. Yeah, forget it's a, a winless <laughs> team. <It's, laughs> it hasn't been happening lately. But um, yeah, I'll go with the Jags three. They they can. Draft either Trevor Lawrence or or Justin Fields in this upcoming draft, and I feel like those are both you know franchise future franchise quarterbacks. James Robinson, a running back. Yep, I agree. He's been great as a rookie. You have Lavisca Chenault, a receiver. I like Colin Johnson, Keelan Cole. You know, defense they have some work to do, but you do have Miles Jack. You do have Josh Allen. So you have some building blocks on D. You just drafted C.J. Henderson in the first round in the corner. So they have, they have some pieces. Then I'm looking mm-hmm. at that division, you know, the AFC South. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's That's like a, tough division, you know, a couple man. moves. I feel like, you know, they could be right there in the mix. It's a couple. I feel like the Colts are. Phillip Rivers is a little older. The Texans, they still kind of rebuilding. And then you got the Tigers. They're going to be there for a while. But you know, if they they had a, they can have a quick turnaround, start competing for that division. I feel like with the right moves, right GM, you know, in the past they've been able to sign some free agents. They brought in Kalias Campbell. They brought in um, what was his name? D tackle from the uh, Broncos. Can't remember. I think it was Malik Johnson. He didn't he didn't live up to his contract though. But mm-hmm. just just yep. saying, you still were able to bring a guy in, so they can make some moves. Right. So I feel like Jacksonville would be three, and then four would be the Falcons. This is an older team. I feel like you got like you have Matt Ryan, but at the same time yes. you have to start thinking about a quarterback for the future too. You have Julio, who is still you know a top yep. three receiver, arguably the best. He just has health issues. You have Ridley, defense. I mean Gurley, he's solid, but you still have to think about adding a running back for the future. And then you had that defense. You know that has a, they need a lot of work on D. I feel like. I like Deion Jones. They just drafted yeah. um, AJ AJ Terrell in the first round. He's been decent in his rookie season, but yeah, that'd be forced for me. <laughs> just 
Oh no. There, yeah, I feel like the the majority of the Falcons roster within the next couple of years will be depleted. Like there's they're stars. Um, and then I I also question small question mark next to Calvin Ridley because Muhammad Sanu looked like a stud when he was in Atlanta. But I think that that and we've we've clearly seen that he was a product of playing with Julio Jones, which is why he was so so productive. So I would like to see Calvin Ridley without Julio for like half of a season, or or potentially like an entire season, and just see how he produces. I think that he's a more explosive player than Mohamed Sanu by all means. But I do have that question mark because I've watched Muhammad Sanu go from, man, this guy's killing it, to going to New England with Tom Brady and going, this guy can't catch a cold, man. Like, what the heck happens here? And, you know, now he's in Detroit and he's playing decent, filling in for Kenny Galladay. You know, they, they, they've got like a rotating bill of health in the receiver spot uh, in Detroit. But he's looked okay. You know, he's he's playing his role Properly, so that's always my question when I look at Calvin Ridley is just the Julio Jones factor. Um, I'm gonna go pretty much identical with you. I've got Houston number one. I got him a small margin over the Lions, and that could change because JJ Watt has expressed the interest of wanting to leave. And if he actually does, in fact, leave, that's a huge blow to the franchise. Now. You still have Deshaun Watson, who Deshaun Watson, I think, is, I'm going to use my phrase carefully, head and shoulders above Matt Stafford. Just as far, it, now if we're talking about them at the same age, maybe it's a little bit of a different conversation, but where they are currently, like, Stafford's getting older, he's slowing down, he's beaten, he's beat to hell almost every <laughs> yeah. single week, like, you saw, he's... I mean, he he missed the the rest of the game last week with a rib injury. You know, Matt Matt Stafford is looking more like Tony Romo every year towards the end of Tony Romo's career. Um, so you got to give Deshaun Watson the nod, especially for what he's done because he's young. Um, but if JJ Watt leaves Houston, I might slide Detroit just a, a tad above Houston. Because I feel in that respect, then Detroit has a little bit more pieces to the puzzle, which makes it a little bit easier to navigate um, in a division where they already should be competitive anyway. Like the the the, the Texans are four and nine, but that's kind of what we expected after Bill O'Brien just <laughs> gave away the house for nothing. Right? Like, that's kind of what we expected. Everybody counted them out completely the moment they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins for old man David Johnson. And that's not a slight on David Johnson, but what he did, what, two, three seasons ago? That's not relevant to a trade that you're just doing now going, well, maybe he could get back to that. Not the running back position, man. Like, you you, you don't go, like, ultimate high. And then, like, crash for two years and then jump right back up unless your name's Adrian Peterson because he's the only running back I've ever seen yeah. do that. Yeah, he's a freak. Um, he's rare. <laughs> he is. Um, I got Jacksonville at number three. 
Um, three and four are definitely solidified. Jacksonville, number three, just because they have the young pieces, same as what you said. And then the Falcons, I mean, the Falcons, in in my opinion, by 2023 are going to look completely different than what we see now. I don't think Todd Gurley's there. Uh, Matt Ryan still may be there. I feel that Julio Jones might be retired by then. I think he might pull the Calvin Johnson card and just say, you know what? Like, I'm I'm so banged up. I could still go if I wanted to, but I've got to look <laughs> towards my future, man. Like, <laughs> do I don't do I want to, you know, do I want to walk with a click in my knee or do I want to be able to <laughs> walk normally yeah, for the rest of my life? So Julio to a contender. That, it's crazy though because they've they they've said. Now I say they because you know the the old powers that were in charge the uh, the GM and Dan Quinn the head coach that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones were off of the board that they were keeping them for the next two years under contract which is also a dumb move because they have some huge cap hits coming up in the next two seasons between those two guys um, you know same thing with Matthew Stafford. This time of year, off season, every single every single off season, Lions are going to trade Stafford for a pick. Lions are going to trade Stafford for a couple players and a lower draft pick. No, they're not, man. Matthew Stafford's got like a twenty three million dollar cap hit next year. There's no team that's going to try to do that because all of the teams that are going that are looking for a quarterback are going to draft high enough to get yeah, their next franchise quarterback. So. <laughs> Nobody wants a twenty-three million dollar cap hit yeah, backup that's, that's quarterback. What it is. <laughs> like you just don't you, you you don't his cap hit is too high. Now I think that Matthew Stafford still has enough left in the tank to where he can still be good enough to get the Lions to where they need to be if they finally get the pieces around him. He's got T.J. Hawkinson. You saw. David Carr just compared T.J. Hawkinson to Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, that's some high praise. Now, when you like when you when you look at it, like right on just on paper and, and next to the names, you chuckle. But then when you dive into it, T.J. Hawkinson has played through two seasons, has played less games than Tony Gonzalez. He has more catches, more touchdowns, a better catch rate, yeah. and more yards. Now, am I going to say that TJ Hawkinson is going to be like arguably like a top three, top four best of all time (laughs) tight end? Absolutely not. I'm not going to say that. But through this course, for people to say that TJ Hawkinson is is a bust or he's not good. Now that I'm diving into those numbers even deeper and looking at how effective he actually is on the on, on the field. Full of crap, man. TJ Hawkinson was worth that draft pick because he is producing. If you're just reading the box scores, I understand why you would think that. But when you look at the intangible numbers, man, TJ Hawkinson, the Lions need to – hopefully they can keep him, keep him healthy, A, and just lock him up for a little bit of time because he's going he's gonna to be a superstar in this league. Um, DeAndre Swift – we all saw the comparisons DeAndre Swift was getting earlier. Those weren't my comparisons either, Bull. Those were other yeah. NFL analysts' comparisons. 
comparisons to Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, like those are some of the top named running backs in the league. So you've got all of these other pieces in place. Jeff Okuda didn't have a terrible rookie season. His season's done, by the way, because he just got groin surgery. Um, He didn't have a terrible season. He didn't have a great season either, but I feel that we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Throw him into the fire. He was matched up, shadowing most teams' number one receivers when he was playing. So, like, that's the way you're going to learn. You want to match up against Devontae Adams. I mean, you don't want to match up against Devontae <laughs> Adams, but <laughs> you want to match up against Devontae Adams if you're trying to learn. So I, I think they have more pieces in place than Houston. Screw it. I'm I'm going I'm gonna go fanboy. I'm flip-flop in Houston and Detroit right now. But it's like a 1A, 1B. One but yes. That's what that that's how I feel, man. Um, plus, man, the Barry Sanders and Chris Spielman are going to be interviewing now. Like, dude, come on! If you're interviewing for a job and you've got the greatest running back of all time, and you've got Chris Spielman sitting in on the interview too, like that's going <laughs> to sway you a little bit, does it not? Like, come on, man, that's just yeah, crazy to me. Like. Like what? What are the Texans gonna get? Who, who are they gonna get? David Carr to sit in there. <laughs> I was the first quarterback of the franchise. He didn't last very long, but I was the first. <laughs> like, man, I don't know. I'm excited that Barry Sanders is back, though. Like, in a, I know it's a part time role, but that's what I like about what the Lions are doing right now. Like Chris Bielman. A lot of Lions fans didn't want Chris Spielman to, to, to get a role with the team. Like, oh, he's so negative about the team. We don't want him here. Like, that's, what, that's what you need. You need a guy that doesn't have the blinders. That's critical. like, all right, this position is terrible. This position is terrible. That position needs work. This guy's decent, but he could be better. Like, that's what you need. You don't need a guy that comes in and is like, well, you know, we've got a lot of pieces and uh, – I think we'll be okay. Just a few more. No, we need to make a lot of adjustments because that defense is trash. (laughs) You know, I I had had somebody telling me earlier today that, you know, it's like, well, I would re-sign Romeo Aquara and and, and kick out everybody else that's an unrestricted free agent. And I was like, oh, here's the problem with with when you re-sign Romeo Aquara is he's the best defender on the team right now, which means he's going to want more money than you want to pay him. But being the best defender on this Lions defense means <laughs> nothing because they're so bad. Like, I look at Kerry Hyder. Kerry Hyder was their leading sacker a couple years ago, and he filled in when everybody got went down with injury. They didn't re-sign him. And I thought he looked better than Romeo Aquara looks this season. Yeah, they got a got a lot of building to do. But what do I know, boy? Defensive side of the ball. Yeah, they do. It's crazy, man. All right, we got a great. We got a great. I'm just kidding. We got a decent slate of games this week. (laughs) We kick it off with Thursday night football. The L.A. Chargers, who finally closed out a game. Are headed to Vegas to take on the Raiders. 
Who you got in this one, boy? It's a nice divisional game. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Go with the Chargers for the upset. I mean, not really an upset. Divisional games can always go either way, but the Raiders, man, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not sold. Not sold on them. They got the nope. A few yeah, weeks they ago, played the, uh, we they were, played the Chiefs good. But, you know, they lost the game, then they get blown out by the Falcons. They have a nail biter against the Jets. They, you, I mean, they 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 beat the Jets because the Jets had a gaffe yeah. on defense. Other than that, the Jets have yeah. have a win on the re, on, the, on coach, the season this year. The coach cooked them, so it just. <laughs> I'm yep. just not not sold on that defense. Isn't good. They just fired the defensive coordinator. They gave up. The, I mean, the Jets, you know, they had like 200 yards rushing against them. Like, the Jets had 200 yards yeah. rushing against you. Like, <laughs> no one would have guessed that. Yep. <laughs> they barely they barely rushed for 100 no. in games. So to give you 200, that was terrible. And the coach, Jonathan Taylor, ran wild on them. 150 yards, two touchdowns. Naheem Hines had like 60 yards, gave up, you know, another 200 yards rushing. And this team, I just, they looked good at one point in time during the season. I was never like fully, fully sold on them. They were starting to get me. I was thinking, like, okay, maybe they're a playoff team, but they look like a 7 and 9 team, an uh, 8 and 8 team. You know, I mean, they signed Gruden for yep. 10 years, so I guess this is all just part of the process, but. I feel like this is the year they could. They should have really made a playoff push. They should. I mean, it's, the season isn't over. They could prove me wrong and, you know, win these games. But this is the game they really need to win and have to win for the playoffs because they have the Dolphins next week and they end the season with the Broncos. But the Ravens are ahead of them now. The, like, they're, what, in ninth now? I think they're in ninth. They're in ninth. Yeah, and I feel like the Ravens are going to win this week. Stuff like like a couple teams are going to win, so they're going to, you know, they really have to keep up and hope other teams lose. So this is the game they have to win. But I'm going with the Chargers with the upset. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. I feel that this is typical of what we see of the Chargers. To be honest, like they always start the season slow. Now this is a little bit slower than what we're used to. But how many times, like even when they had Ladainian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates and Philip Rivers, will we see them start like zero and four? And then like two and six, and then they come back and they'd be like ten and six. Like that's just the Chargers team. That's for some reason that's how they always are. But I, I think the the Raiders' confidence is absolutely shook. Uh, Henry Ruggs is out. He's not playing tonight. Um, and I just look for the 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 Chargers to kind of slam the door on the Raiders' playoff hopes altogether. Um, Unless, like, the Dolphins and Ravens just, like, completely crap the bed for the remainder of the season, which I don't really see that happening. Um, I think Herbert, Herbert's been confident all year. I think that them finally being able to close out that game last week is really what's going to solidify uh, the upset tonight. Yeah, that was a good confidence booster. Yep. Um, <clears throat> the Raiders, I mean, if they win this game, it sets up a big meeting with the Dolphins next week. Yeah. So the Raiders need to be looking at it like that. Like every game is a playoff game, right? It's true. Now. Very true. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, division leading Buffalo Bills, are headed to Denver. 
The Bills are favored by six and a half. This is a Saturday early evening, late afternoon game, 4.30 kickoff. Unless it was flexed. But as of this recording, it has not been flexed. <laughs> you never know. Um, I'm liking what I see out of Buffalo, man. I think Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs might be the top three um, receiver, quarterback duo in the league right now. Um, I know we talked about it early in the season for a few weeks as of which Buffalo Bills team is going to show up. I think they've finally shown us that this is the Buffalo Bills team that we can expect. And I like what I'm seeing, man. I got bu- I got Buffalo yeah, in this. Too. Yeah, I'm going to go with Buffalo. That offense is explosive. Yes. Very high-powered. Well, they didn't have a, a great game offensively against Pitt, but, you know, it, it's Pittsburgh. You know, Nobody a has a good Yeah, <laughs> yeah but they, they still were able to put up, you know, 26 points. Well, I think they had a pick six on the offense score at 19, but they've been playing well. They've been three-game win streak. I think they went like six out of their last seven. The Broncos, Drew Locke played well last week. Mm-hmm. No 280 yards, four touchdowns. I feel like this might be a good game, possibly. Possibly, or it could get ugly. But Broncos at home, I feel like they could make it a, a decent game. But Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, too many receivers. Josh Allen is playing at an MVP level. I say he's right behind. I say he's behind Mahomes and Rodgers and right there with Russell Wilson, I feel like. Like he's right there. Probably a step ahead of Russell just because he beat him head to head. And that's some damn good company. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, it is. He's really taking that next step as a passer because the accuracy was, was terrible. His first two seasons in the league, and it seemed like this is surprising. Like it's, you know, shout out to his work ethic and the coaching staff because I know it's it's all goes in hand. You know, they all got to work together to to get the quarterback yeah. right. So to see him playing like this, you know, it says a lot about what they've done with him. It says a lot about his work ethic. Yeah, it does. His determination to get better yeah. and get to that next level, and he's <laughs> he's there, man. And then they. Yeah, and they really they believed in him. You know, they, they surrounded him with talent. They went out and got him a number one receiver, Stephon Diggs. They drafted Gabriel Davis in the uh, early rounds last season out of UC or this in this uh, season out of UF, UCF, and he's got about four or five hundred yards. I think he leads the team in receiver touchdowns too, like seven. And, you know, so you know they've done a, they've done a lot. He has a lot of weapons. So yeah, this is a dangerous team. Still don't know if they could beat KC, but. And I can't wait to see that one. Again, I need a rematch because that, that first yes. one was ugly. So maybe we'll see. I it hope so, man. I really do. Uh, we've got the Carolina Panthers headed up to the frozen tundra of Green Bay. Uh, Matt Rule officially ruled Christian McCaffrey would be out. I don't know if that swayed me enough anyway if he was going to play. <laughs> Cause I, I mean, I, when I say that Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are a top three uh, duo. Um, the number one duo is part of Green Bay in Aaron Rodgers and <laughs> Devontae Adams. There's they're, they're getting like better every week, and we thought like yeah. I mean it. This is a scary team because Aaron Jones is not playing that great. Jamal Williams is not playing that great. Just imagine when these guys finally turn it back on. And I'm not saying that, you know, they're they're 
slow playing it, but they're just kind of in a slump right now. Imagine when these guys turn it back on, how disgusting this offense in Green Bay is going to look with Devontae Adams, who's good for at least a score every single game, at least seven receptions, at least 100 yards. It's Green Bay is just going to continue to uh, – to press up, I mean, they're number one in the NFC now because they hold the, the, the tiebreaker over New Orleans. So I'm looking at an 11-3 and uh, eleven and three Green Bay team after this game Saturday night. How about you, Bull? Yeah, me too. And I feel like this one might, might be a, I'm not going to say a complete blow, but I can see Green Bay winning by two scores. A little at home. Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he's a good, he's a, he's a solid quarterback, but this might be a shootout. And I don't know if he's ready for it, for this no. shootout. Aaron Rodgers in the MVP <laughs> no. for him right now. You don't want to shoot out with Aaron Rodgers, man. That's like Clint Eastwood, bro. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Like Devontae Adams, he might be the best receiver I in think the league. So. Like, he, he might be the best. He, you know, I saw it earlier, he doesn't have any drops on the year. <laughs> Zero drops. I know DeAndre Hopkins did that a couple years ago. And now we're seeing uh, Devontae Adams do it. And it's not like, you know, he doesn't have high degree of difficulty catches. Like, he makes a lot of crazy mm-hmm. catches and catches and contested coverage, all yeah. of that. You know, he's a killer in the red zone. You know, Rodgers, he's always been a great quarterback in the red zone. But I've never seen, like, out of all the receivers he's played, but I've never seen just the, the connection in the red zone. Be the way like it is with him and Devontae Adams. I think him and Jordy Nelson was close, but I feel like him and Devontae are starting to surpass. I agree. Because it's like, you know, every time they get down, you know Devontae's getting a touchdown. Like every week, it's like, you know, you, you know Devontae is going to get, like you just said, you know, he's going to get you seven catches, 100 yards, and yep. a touchdown. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of us, you know, we were honest. You know, I was for sure, I was on Green Bay for not, you know, getting any receiver help in the draft, but. You know, I see that they bet on their young guys, and it's paying out because Marquez. Um, yeah, MVS. Vowed Mark, yeah, MVS. He's starting to really take yep, that next yep. step. The last, he has like four touchdowns in the last five games. He played great uh, against the Lions. All of his tar- targets have about eighty yards and a touchdown. He, it really, it's really make, taking uh making the passing game that much more dynamic. Because it's not just Devontae now. It's like you, Aaron Rodgers, Bill, not trust the MVS. They have Alan Lazar back out there. They have Tanya in that tight end. You know, they, they mm-hmm. really have some weapons. And like you said, the running backs, you know, Jones, he was going a little, getting it going a little bit earlier in the year, but it's dwindled down. He hasn't really done much. But at any given moment, yeah. he can explode. And really, Green Bay. You know, you want that running back for the playoffs. You know, it's going to be cold up there. You're going to need a guy to tote the yes. rock in that winter in those playoff games. And, you know, Jones, is, he's perfect for that. And then now they have more than Devontae. You know, that they have MVS. You have Lazar, who I feel like is, you know, he's still coming back from injury, getting back in the uh, groove of things. But I feel like he's going to become more of a threat towards the end of the year and heading into the playoffs. So, yeah. This team is dangerous, man. It's a very dangerous team. I think they get this win against the Panthers. I'm not sure if DJ Moore is playing or not, but even if he is, you know, I still don't don't see him winning. I don't see Rodgers, you know, with this first round bye in his in his sight. Uh, I don't see him dropping the game. No way. Aaron Rodgers is home. getting up there in age too, man. If he can get a day off, he's taking a day off. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Like, I, I had Russ as my MVP preseason, but I felt like Rodgers was going to have the MVP-type year. I feel like, you know, I know he took it personal when they drafted mm-hmm. Jordan Love in the first round of quarterback. I just knew he was going to come in, you know, basically on what he's on right, right. now, playing at the MVP level. And he might, man. He might edge him Holmes off for of the award. It's, it's a possibility he does. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, to him. He's got 39 touchdowns to four interceptions. And he's only been sacked 13 times. That's just, it's Crazy. like after last week, obviously, when Patrick Mahomes. And Devontae, Devontae missed, missed game, uh, like three games. I'm sorry, he missed two games. He missed two and a half yeah. games because he went out about halfway through the the first Detroit game, and then he missed two games because he's played a, he's played in eleven games out of thirteen so far. And you look at it and you go, okay, well, Devontae Adams is a he's leading the league in in touchdowns with fourteen. He's got a, he he's over a thousand yards receiving with uh, 1144 yards. It's got 91 receptions. It's just it's he's averaging 104 yards per game. I said you're guaranteed to get 100 yards a game with him. The next closest is Travis Kelsey with 96. He's averaging almost 10 more yards a game than yeah. Travis Kelsey. And it's, it's, that's just insane to me cuz th- think about this if Devontae Adams has played all 13 games, averaging 104 yards. I mean, dude, we're talking about potentially having, what, 18, 19 touchdowns on the season at this point already? It's it's unheard of. It really is. It is, man. And props to Devontae Adams for stepping up in such a big way. He's such a great player to watch play, too, man. Like... I think that that's what sets him apart from Jordy Nelson, in my opinion, is he runs different routes. You knew what Jordy Nelson was doing. Jordy Nelson was running down the sideline on a go route every single time. Aaron Rodgers was going to throw that 30, 35-yard bomb, and Nelson was gone. And he was really good at that play. But that was like that was his only real play. Every now and then he'd line up at the slot, but what would he do? He'd flank out. And do the go, <laughs> and then he was doing a wheel route right down the sideline again. Devontae Adams is doing slot. He, he's lining up in the slot. He's doing slants. He's doing posts. Like Devontae Adams is, he's a complete wide receiver, and I don't even have any remorse saying that he's the best receiver in the league, even over somebody like a DeAndre Hopkins. But hey, a let. Yeah, yeah. So definitely a good debate. They can go either way. Like right now, I'll have to say for sure, Adams the best in the league. Like mm-hmm. he's having the best season yep. of anybody in a different zone right now. Doesn't matter who you throw. Doesn't matter who you <laughs> throw on him. Like he's gonna cook on me. Top three route runner, some of the best hands. Good yak guy. Lines up everywhere, works all yep. levels of the field. Like, you know, Dante has it all. Uh, we're going to roll into Sunday now. First game on the slate is the Houston Texans heading up to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Colts are favored by seven. Who are you liking this one, Bull? Well, with the Colts, I feel like they're another team. They're, they're, they're in that playoff mode. 
You know, Philip Rivers hit his sign here to miss the playoffs. You know, he's yep. fading into, you know, he's getting older. He's on his last legs. Mm-hmm. He left San Diego to go somewhere where he felt like he could compete. And the Colts felt like and you know, they were a quarterback away. So I think they get this win. Yeah, yeah. I, the Texans, you know, I, I like what Deshaun is doing, but it, it's just hard. When you play a team that are better than you, you know, it's just you, a couple receivers, but the O-line is still iffy. The defense isn't helping you right now. So there's not much he can do. You know, I feel like he's going to produce. It'll probably be a good divisional game, but the coach right now, I just, I just like what I'm seeing out of him. I have a lot of young guys stepping up. Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. Oh, yeah. Well, we saw T.Y. come back last he week. Looked like Andrew he, you know, he looked good. He looked like the old <laughs> T.Y. So, yeah. So these last three games, you know, he had 81 yards, 110, and 86 last week. So, starting to seem like him and, and, Rivers, be scary. Him and Rivers are starting to build that chemistry. And that's key. Yeah, that's key for that passing game. Because the passing game has been up and down this season. I don't feel like it's ever really gotten going, but now... We started to see we started to see see them get it together. Start to see Rivers have some three hundred yard games, getting close to that, or having some high efficiency. And we see a Ty break out. You know, look like a number one receiver again. And that defense is great. You know, one of the best defenses in the league. Good D line, linebacker, decent secondary. Kenny Moore, you know, slot corner for the coach. Probably the best nickel in the league right now. I think he's. I feel like he's underrated. Yeah. But I like the casual fan. You know, he's, he's he, him and Darius Leonard, Justin Houston. You know, they're they're big-time yeah. guys for them on defense. And if it wasn't for the Chiefs, and I, don't, I don't mean to just make the Chiefs seem unbeatable, but, like, if it wasn't for the Chiefs, I feel like the coach could, you know, the AFC would be wide open. But man, it's just the way the Chiefs are playing right now, I'm not sure. But I feel like the coach can compete with anybody, you know, you. be any team probably that. besides the Chiefs. Yeah. Even though with any given Sunday, I just feel like been the playoffs my home. Now the Colts, I mean I the Colts have the forced Colts. ten turnovers on defense this year, so you know the uh, it, who knows. I mean we're 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 getting set up for tremendous AFC playoffs. I'm more excited about I'm way more excited about the AFC yeah, playoffs than the AFC playoffs as far as how the picture's looking right now. Um, but yeah, the Colts definitely. I I don't see. I don't think Houston, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I don't think Houston have a, has enough pieces to take out the Colts. Now I know the divisional matchups are always different. You know, the Colt or the. Sometimes when I watch the Colts when they're not playing like they did last week. I wonder if the Colts are overachieving. Now, not, not on defense because their defense has been pretty much consistent all year. But I look at like their offense. I go, well, some of their some of their games have really been some duds on offense. And you know, Deshaun Watson, like you yeah, said earlier, Deshaun man. Watson is an elite quarterback, and. He can still do some things on his own against the top defense because that's just what elite quarterbacks can do. Um, I think the Colts will win, but I think it's going to be a very close and a very tough divisional game. 
Yeah, I think so too. That's what I'm thinking. Tough divisional game, but I see the Colts when I just feel like when teams are when you really try to play for that playoff spot, you have some vets on a team like the Colts do. For that they're gonna be focused yep. and handle uh, I agree with you on that one. Uh, speaking of getting handled <sighs> Detroit's going to Tennessee. <laughs> Uh, Tennessee's favored by 11. (laughs) If Detroit had a running defense, I would say it'd be a lot closer. But Stafford's probably going to play. He's he's up in the air. Frank Ragnow, I don't know if you saw the news earlier, but Frank Ragnow's got a fractured throat. Um, what? I'm, I'm never heard that. <laughs> it's funny because it's like it's not funny. It, I hope he's well. Uh, yeah. I've never heard that one before. Uh, a fractured what? Yeah, um, I've never heard that. Frank Ragnow statistically is actually the best center in the NFL. And <laughs> you think about that for just a second, and go, okay, so if Frank Ragnow is probably going to be out, and he's really like Taylor Decker's has some. Decent games this year, but I don't think that he's playing like he normally does. Matthew Stafford or Chase Daniel are going to be in trouble because they already can't block. And if you're going to be if you're going to be missing the best center in the league, and you don't have a running defense, oh, and by the way, bull, I don't know if you're aware, the Tennessee Titans have a guy by the name of Derrick Henry. He's a decent running back, um, but I would expect a very big game. I'm thinking probably like north of 150 yards from Derrick Henry in, in, in this game. Um, I got the Titans. You know, at this point, I, I I I don't like to say this is where you start tanking, but the Lions have the 11th overall pick right now. That's all that you're going for, like. <laughs> Daryl yeah. Bevel's already not going to be re-signed as the head coach. He's a great offensive coordinator. I hope they keep him on the squad next year, no matter who they get for their GM and their head coach. But they they have nothing to play for now. You should hold Stafford out because your playoff hopes. The Lions statistically have a 1% chance of making the playoffs. So if you're a Kool-Aid drinker, you got a 1% chance. But if we're being honest, they're out. They're just not mathematically eliminated yet. Hold out Stafford. Let him rest. You're not going to be able to trade him next year, so this is your guy. Like <laughs> This is your guy for the at, least, at least next season. So hold him out. Frank Ragnow is out. Guy. Let Chase Daniel... Go in there. Hopefully, David Blau is is dressed up too because I think Chase Daniel is going to get his head knocked off probably like midway through the first quarter, um, <laughs> and then you get a David Blau appearance. But yeah, I got Tennessee and <laughs> possibly Tennessee pretty big. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee. I feel like they're going to have a great game offensively. Gonna have some big numbers, I feel like. Derrick Henry, like you said. Yep. Probably goes for 150 plus. 
But if not, I still can see that. You know, I can see this being a spot where they let Tannehill, you know, get loose a little bit. Let that passing game get loose. You know, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, they both have over 800 yards this season. Mm-hmm. They're looking like one of the, the top receiver tandems in the league right now. The Titans play like another team in playoff mode. Can't afford to drop a game. You know, they're tied with the coach. They lead yeah. the coach for the division, but they're, you know, they're both 9-4. and four. So they can't drop any games. Have to stay on track with them one step ahead. But like you said, the Lions, you know, they should <laughs> be in take mode. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> well, we'll try to get a good draft pick. Matt Stafford, I, don't, I just don't feel like, like if you're going for a playoff spot or something like that, yeah, you know, you, you let Stafford come out there and not 100%, but with nothing to play for, you know, why even risk it? He already has a you know a lengthy injury history, so no real. I, I would just throw out throw Chase Daniel out there, you know, unless Stafford is good, like really, you know, his injury is minor. But if it's something serious, mm-hmm. like he's seventy percent or something, I will just throw Chase Daniel out there. Let let him get this one. Titans. Oh, I, just, I like blowout potential, like you said, definitely blowout potential. I think it's something like maybe thirty one. 14, 31, 17, something like that. 34, 17. I'm going to go with the Titans, though. It's just that offense is really, they have a lot of weapons on old man. Tennessee is kind of a underrated team, I feel like. They've had a couple lit down this year, but they really have all the pieces on old, you know, good running back, great running back. You have an explosive receiver in A.J. Brown. You have a receiver in Corey Davis who, you know, does all the intermediate underneath work, athletic tight end. So, you know, they're, they're another scary team that it's I feel like have a, a chance of being in the AFC Championship With so game. many weapons, both offensively and defensively, is underrated. But I think you're right. I think they are, which is it's weird because you've got the best running back in the league on your team. So you're constantly having your team talked about. But they often are overlooked at the same time. Which is really, really strange. But, yeah, the Titans are definitely going to go 10-4. Uh, and four. Lions are – I'm hoping that the Lions honestly finish with five wins on the season and just kind of – I'm not a moral victory guy, man. Like, I'm not. If you're going to – if you finish the season with six – or if you finish the season, let's say, seven and nine, what does that get you besides a worse draft pick? You know what I mean? Like, you don't get anything for it. Like, the way I was always taught when I was playing sports in high school and college is, like, if you get to the championship game and you don't win, you're the number one loser. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, okay, you're second best. That's all that that means. That means nothing. So, like, why, why try to play spoiler to a team like the Tennessee Titans? A, who's in the AFC? Right? Like, I don't know. Tank it out. Tank it up. Let's uh, let's draft one of these young Alabama receivers. That's what I'm for in Detroit right now. We could talk about that later off the air, Bull. Uh, the Bucks are headed for a divisional matchup against the Falcons. <laughs> Bucks are favored by six. Bucks should get the W in this because the Falcons' defense is so bad. But it's a divisional matchup, and... Outside of 
Outside of the Carolina game, Tom Brady hasn't looked that great in divisional games this season. I still got Tampa Bay winning, don't get me wrong, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than anybody's expecting. (laughs) It's a possibility. Last week, the offense didn't look great against the Vikings. We got the win. But, you know, they still just, I don't know, it just wasn't satisfying. Like, coming off the bye week, I was expecting them to come out more sharp or more sound, you know, offensive game plan, more in sync. Still missed on some deep shots. You know, Brady, he, he played all right. You know, it just... I don't know, just an underwhelming performance, I feel like. Now you you're happy you got the win, but you know, the kicker right. missed three field goals and an extra point for the Vikings. It did. So, you know, that helped that you know, that helped that helped a lot. Yeah, but man, I'm gonna go I'm still gonna go. I like what I saw on defense though. Even though the Vikings were able to yeah, to 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 show a couple weaknesses in that but real I also defense. think it's Dalvin Cook though too. Dalvin Cook did have you a know, good game, but the defense, yeah, 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 that's true, yeah, man, good, good, still a good win. Go playing the Falcons. I know they're going to want to play spoiler because that's just how it goes as far as divisional games. So then they're probably going to be up for this game. You playing Tom Brady, playing the Bucks every, you know, they got all this hype this season. Yeah, at home. I, mean, I, I think the Bucks get this win. I think we're just going to be up for this game. Really, we have to get through. We have to stay mm-hmm. one step ahead in this playoff race right now because, you know, it's all pretty tight in the NFC's five through seven. Five through eight, I mean. So you got to get that one. Like you said, the Falcons' defense isn't good. This should be a spot for Brady in the O to get on track. No Ronald Jones this week, so I imagine we'll probably – be passing. I mean, we always pass a lot. Sometimes we pass a lot, even when Ronald is there. But no, Ronald, I feel like this is the game where they'll let Brady air it out. The defense, I think the pass rush will, will bother Matt Ryan, Shaq Barrett, and JPP. I'm not sure if Julio was playing. Well, if he is, they, they could make some plays. But even if he is, I still have the books. Calvin really might perform. I want to see that Carlton Davis and Calvin really match up if Julio doesn't play. Because Carlton, you know, I feel like he started the season off hot, but, you know, he's had a couple, you know, a couple of slip-ups. So this would be yeah, a good Carlton test for him. Carlton got a little bit of his own head, I think, is what the problem receiver. was. You know, like, when, when you start getting, when you start getting, like, a uh, yeah. chatter from, from other analysts and you start getting, like, your high PFF grades and they're talking about, like, oh, he's the next shutdown corner. He's shut down Michael Thomas. He shut down, what, DeAndre Hopkins dating back to last year when the Texans and the Bucks played. You know, you start feeling yourself a little bit, you know, and then you just – that's when you start taking chances. You know, and you go, okay, well, you know, all these people are gassing me up. Let me take this chance right here and pick off the ball, and then you just whiff. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, and it's it happens. He's a young he's a young player. You know, yeah. it's gonna happen, especially when you're a young player. When you're a little older and a little more seasoned, then it, then then you start to calm down. You know, like 
Especially for Bucks players, man. Bucks players aren't used to getting accolades. Look, Levante David's been dumped on his entire career, and he's always like (laughs) top three in tackles every single season. It's it's crazy to me. Now, here's an interesting here's an interesting note. If the Bucks lose somehow, the Bucks somehow lose to the Falcons, and the Cardinals beat the Eagles. The Cardinals will jump Tampa Bay, even though they'll have the same record, because they're better in the conference. They'll be six and they'll be six and four versus the Bucks being five and five. So then the Bucks fall down to seventh place, which that you're in dangerous territory when you're in seventh place. When you're in sixth, like you got to be a little bit wary of where you are. But when you start getting towards that bottom of the barrel, the last two play, you got to watch out for that and. It's so close at the bottom, like you were just saying, man. Six through eight, it's so close. I mean, even five through eight, really, because Seattle's only nine and four. They're only a game up. It's so interchangeable at this point. Like, these are all must-wins. Every single game is a must-win game. But the Falcons won't win, and the Bucks will win. <laughs> I can tell you that yeah, much. Uh <laughs> no, yeah, probably yeah. not. I doubt it. I hope yeah, I, I hope they, they look That's more true. in sync though, because the latter part of the season, man, you gotta start looking like you're in sync with all of these players. I just you know, Tristan Worse is a rookie and he's the highest graded right tackle in the league since week nine. Consistently. You no, know, worse has been great. Uh what Marpet yeah, was yeah, okay. Has been great. Um Donovan Smith is booty. Yeah, Lee Marple, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he struggles. And the man. problem he's is, a, is everybody the exploits the weak spot on the old line. No, he, 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 yeah, I mean, he's left tackle, so no, he can't hide that's, a, that, a bad left tackle. Yep. <laughs> Yo, that's that's uh, hard to do. 1-12 Jags headed to Baltimore. Baltimore is favored by 13. I don't know how much I like Baltimore with them missing Boykin and Hollywood Brown. Why can't these guys stay off the COVID list, first of all, Bull? Like, what are you doing? How? (laughs) Man. Yeah, Ravens, man. They've been getting a lot of guys. Here's the thing, though. (laughs) Gardner Minshew is getting the start again. I'm going with Jacksonville with the upset. And they're starting this whole Minshew mania thing all over again. And it's going to go hard because it's going to be over <laughs> Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Yeah, man, that'll be crazy. I'm not, okay, I'm not sold on them utilizing Des Bryant. They've had the opportunity and they haven't done it. So now, you outside of Mark Andrews, who are you going to pass the ball to? You have no choice but to pass the ball to Des Bryant. And he has zero chemistry with Lamar Jackson because they just have not used him. Yeah, I haven't used him at all. I thought he was going to quit when he sent that tweet after he got put on the COVID list. 
Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, how do you get cut ten minutes time, before a game? Like at the time, man. What a buzzkill! Good. Mm. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah, that sucks, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm still gonna even though the Ravens are missing, you know, three receivers. Still gonna go go with the Ravens. The Jaguars, they just aren't a good football team right now. That, that defense is bad. I feel like Lamar, Lamar and J.K. Dobbins. You know, I feel like Lamar, J.K. and Gus, they could all have you know big games on the ground against that Jags defense. And, and I feel like, and you know they're another team. You know, going for the playoffs. They're eight and five right now. I think they're the AFC right there behind the Dolphins. So they they really have to get. I mean, they're, they're tied with the Dolphins, both eight and five. But Dolphins are in. They're out. So they can't drop a game, you know, to the Jaguars if they're, they're trying to make the playoffs. Even you know, suffering some injuries, you know, Lamar, you, you can't be one of the top young QBs in the league. You know, reigning MVP, you, you lose mm-hmm. this game. Like these are these are all must wins. Like they have the who they have the Jags, the Giants, um, yeah, and the Bengals to close the year out. Those they all be, you know, they gotta gotta get all three of those go eleven and five. Yeah, I think Minshew, I, I think that defense, that Ravens defense, even though they had some struggles last week against the Browns, I feel that they'll be able to, to, to bottle Minshew up, key in on James Robinson, even though he's having a great rookie season, key, on, key in on him and, you know, make Gardner have to beat, beat you with that receiving courts. You know, the Jags don't they have young receivers, aren't very polished, They, you know, they aren't. Not, they don't have a good receiver crew corpse right now. Even though I like Colin Johnson, a, I like I think What's interesting for, for Jacksonville is they've always had like overachieving receivers. Like you look at a guy like Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns went to Dallas. You never heard of him again. He was a superstar. He was on my fantasy team every single year. People are like, why are you drafting this guy? Because he's going to get me at least one touchdown every game. That's guaranteed <laughs> seven points. Like, <laughs> you know, I'll throw him in the flex. But, like, Allen Robinson really came on. <laughs> and he had Blake Bortles. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, you, that's, that's the interesting thing that I've always noticed about the Jags is they always find these diamonds in the rough, a la a James Robinson, who's third in the league after going undrafted. And the, same thing with the with, with the receiving core is I don't think the Jags are I don't think the team is a one in twelve team. I think the defense is bad and I think the offense is just really young. Um I do think that they may regret a little bit of trading Nick Foles to Chicago. Because Minshew didn't play much longer after that. Like, I know he got injured, which is why they got, like, um, why he stopped playing. But he hasn't looked, like, great. Ultimately, they traded Nick Foles. They gave Nick Foles two games in Jackson. That's literally all they gave him. He got injured in the first game last season. Came back. I think week eight he came back. Played really bad. In his first game back, got benched and never played it for them again. 
And you're like, you you did you did that to a guy who just won the Super Bowl the, the year before? Yeah. <laughs> that that's absolutely insane to me. Like, I don't I I, I don't think that they're <laughs> sold on Gardner Minshew, but I think he does just enough to get everybody going crazy again. And I think he just just enough. I say even even like a a last second field goal upset. Over the over the Ravens because this keeps all the narratives of are the Ravens are the Ravens really as good as they saw as we saw last year were they fourteen and two last year or thirteen and three and like are they really as good as that we saw them last year I think thirteen and three it doesn't look like it they're losing guys every single week to COVID. They're not using guys that they have that they should be utilizing. Lamar Jackson is not playing nearly as consistent as he was last year. Um, I think Lamar Jackson kind of has like that Kyler Murray effect where teams are figuring him out. You know, we had comparisons of Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson for a while, and I, I think we have to end those. Like Patrick Mahomes is on a whole other level. Like yeah, I I yeah, never I, I didn't. What guys were ever, <laughs> I guess I understood it on the basis of they're both mobile quarterbacks, but that was really where it stopped for me. But like Lamar Jackson, I I feel like he's easy to figure out because he's not that great of a passer, and he doesn't have a good receiving core. You shut down Mark Andrews, he has to throw the ball to Des Bryant. Des Bryant might not even be the Des Bryant that we all know and remember because they haven't allowed us to see if he is or if he isn't. We could get a Des Bryant that just looks old, that has stone hands, that can't catch. Like you, We don't know. And now it's going to be a prime time against a team that, is, that should be a layup. Not prime time sense wise, but you know what I mean. Prime time, like season wise, this is a trap game, man. This is the this to me is a bigger trap game than looking at the Rams and Jets game this week, because I think the the Jags are not like I said. The Jets are an zero thirteen <laughs> yeah. team. The Jets look terrible on all facets of the game. The Jags don't look like a 1-12 team. They just happen to not show up all at the same time. So I got the Jags. This is where we split. This is our first split of the week. You realize that, Bull? We went all this way on the same page. And now it's over. Crazy. (laughs) Ah, A nice AFC East divisional (laughs) matchup is next, Bull. The New England Patriots are headed to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Miami's favored by two and a half. Um, man, Miami looked really, really good against Kansas City, especially on defense. Like, I mean, it's not every day you get Patrick Mahomes to throw an interception, let alone multiple. <laughs> uh, but is this the yeah. game? Is this where yeah, got three Bill Belichick? Is like, well, if we're not going to win the AFC East, you're not going to make the playoffs either. 
<laughs> is this the Bill Belichick upset special, or do you think Miami <laughs> is going to seal the deal? Uh, I feel like Bill, they're going to they're gonna work something out and get this upset. Ricky quarterbacks, you know, mm-hmm. they, they always seem to struggle against the Patriots. Like, Bill, he, he knows how to how to put the game up, how to put together a game plan for a rookie quarterback and really confuse him out there. When we saw Justin Herbert, he was lighting the league on fire. Yeah. And he plays the Patriots, and he, he looks like a deer in headlights out there. And I feel like Tua, you know, he played well last week when he had to make some plays. But the Patriots, man, J.C. Jackson and, and Stephon Gilmore, Devin McCourty in the secondary, and they don't really have many pass or any edge rushers or anything like that. But that secondary alone is is enough to really, you know, hold the offense in check because they can yeah. lock, line up and they can both guard number one receivers. You know, J.C. Jackson is second in the league in interceptions right now with seven. He with Gilmore result, J.C. stepped right in guarding and, other teams' top receivers, and he he performed well. You know, like Cam, he's not. He can't throw right now. So I, don't, I don't know if it's like he already, you know, he never was an accurate guy. Today, his accuracy what did seem like he was getting worse, but now it seems like his his strength is going. Like he lost some velocity like that. I don't know if the shoulder isn't fully recovered or, or what, but it every time he throws the ball, it just looks like, you know, it's hard for him to do it. It's, <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I just I don't know what's going on with I Cam. think this is Miami's one shot. At knocking the Patriots out of the like, you know what I mean. Finishing above the Patriots, you got to remember the Patriots are missing a lot of players that held out this season that opted out, and that's why the that's to me that's why the pet the the pet the Pats the Pats are sitting at six and seven, is because they're missing a lot of key defenders, they're missing a lot of players, and. This is the one this is the one season I think for the Dolphins at least because I think the Bills are going to be a force for the next handful of years and I think the Dolphins are starting to turn it around as well. But until you get rid of Bill Belichick in New England, you've always got to worry about that, especially when he has his core when he has his core players back. Um I like what you said where it's Bill Belichick always has something in the he always has something on the burner for for rookie quarterbacks, man. He really does. Um the one I think the yeah, one bro. big X factor, no pun intended for me, is Xavier Howard. Leading the league in interceptions. Cam Newton has a tendency to just chuck it up. I still am not a big fan of any of the receivers that are in New England. I haven't been for a couple of years now. Um, if we're talking about the Dolphins, what, three, four weeks ago, when they looked like by far the most complete team when they were scoring on, on all sides of the ball, special teams included, I think it's a runaway. I think Miami finds a way to squeak by in a really, really ugly game. And I want to say that it's probably because of a Cam Newton mistake late in the game. 
And that's not me hating on Cam. That's not me hating on Cam. Yeah, that's I can just see that. it's par for the course for how his season that. is going right now. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. They don't have any receivers at all, really. You know, they have Jacoby Myers. They have Bird. But you know those guys can't be your top two receivers. Mm-hmm. So the passing game was gonna struggle regardless of how well Cam was throwing. But you know, those those receivers on top of Cam's arm right now is just a recipe for disaster. They're in the games are like eighty, I ninety agree. yards passing. It's hard to win like that in today's NFL. So but I don't know, just for some reason I just feel like Bill they're they're gonna make this game ugly. Patriots going to try to lock up on D and, and play some ball control on O with that run game. You know, the Dolphins, their best players on D are, you know, Xavier Howard or Byron Jones. This brought Byron Jones in in the offseason from the uh, Cowboys, gave him a big contract, made him one of the top corners in the league as far as the salary. Yeah, so, you know, strength their strength is the Patriots' weakness. <laughs> you know, that's not the Patriots' strength. <laughs> yeah, so it's like the Patriots, that's not I mean it's gonna hurt them because when they do try to pass, you know, you have Jacoby Myers and you know those other guys going up against, you know, Nikhil Harry and you got Burry, you know, those guys are going up against two pro bowlers and you know oh, yeah. possible all pro guys. Well Xavier Howard would definitely be all pro this year. Nine interceptions. I think it's gonna I think he's gonna get one this week too. Man. I just feel like Cameron's due for an interception, but I feel like they get a I couple out that. of two as well. I feel like they confuse them, get a couple of picks out of them. Dolphins still don't they still don't really have a you know a strong run game. And even a receiver, yeah, of course. You know, it's still pretty catch. pretty average outside of Devontae <laughs> Parker. You know, Matt Gesicki is a yeah, Matt Gesicki, he's a good tight end. I like is, him. He's he's had some big games this year. I think he's think a keeper. That Mike Gesicki is the most underrated. They still gotta get two league. or some more weapons. I mean, I mean, it's possible he's, he's having a good season. He, he had a couple games last year, too, where he showed some potential. You know, I remember my Penn State playing him, you know, Ohio State playing him a couple of times. He was basically all they had. So I'm not, I'm not really surprised that, he, that he's performing because mm. it was in him. He showed the ability to be a, a team's top playmaker in college. And, you know, he's a bigger guy. He has some nice athleticism, some good hands. You know, he's. Having a great year. Yeah, I mean he's he's they get about six hundred. He's looking really like good. That. I think he's I think the Dolphins kind of have the same problem that the Ravens have when it comes to like receiving. Although I think Devontae Parker is a solid number two option. Where Hollywood Brown I don't think is a solid number two. I think he should honestly be like a third option. Like he should be your slot guy. And that's not a knock on him. That's just his. He's small, you know. Like he, Hollywood Brown reminds me a lot of Devon Bess. Actually, like when, like when I when I watch him play, like maybe he might have a little Devon more Bess. of um, an explosive capability than Devon Bess did. But Devon Bess struggled to get open a lot. But when he got open. It made you go, ah, okay, that's what we want. <laughs> like, that's what we expected from him. And I think that that's the, like, I think the Dolphins currently, 
<laughs> have that same problem where it's like, well, who who's really going to step up? Because you're always, I think since he's been drafted, we, we've been waiting for Devontae Parker to develop and step up. And we've seen like baby steps this season because he's been healthy finally. Steps towards him being their draft pick. And to me, that's not enough. Like, you've got to be better than what you are if you're going to be the number one receiver. If you're going to call out Michael Thomas every week on Twitter and say, I could be the best receiver if I, if I ran five-yard slants and got targeted 35 times a game. you got to put your money where your mouth is, dude. Come on. Like, I like the trash talk. Don't get me wrong, but... If you're going to trash talk, like Richard Sherman and Michael Crabtree, they both could back it up when they were trash talking each other. Because one game, Richard Sherman would shut Michael Crabtree down. Then the next game, Michael Crabtree would put up eight receptions for 122 yards. You know what I mean? And like they could back it up where Devontae Parker runs his mouth and doesn't necessarily back it up all the time. And that, to me, is frustrating because... You've got a great young quarterback in Tua, and I want to see him develop. I don't want to be having the same conversation about Tua that we have about Lamar Jackson. Where you're like, I don't know if Lamar Jackson is a great, accurate quarterback because he doesn't have a good receiving core. And that's the same thing with Tua. I just yeah. don't know. Yeah, Tua. Yeah, I think... Uh... I don't think it would be like that just because I think he can, he just knows how to really throw a football. But like production wise, he might not produce, but he, he just he just naturally a better a better passer than Lamar. I feel like Lamar, you know, he, he doesn't really throw well and his receiver corpse is like on top of that doesn't help him out. It's like it can stand out even more. But but I feel like too, you know, he can make all routine, you know, in the field throw. So I I think it might hurt hurt his production and stuff. But I don't think his I don't think his armor ever ever come into question. But I would like to see them surround part get him some help though. They gotta get some more dynamic playmakers on O. They have the Texans first round pick. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they you know, I would like to see them get Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith or something to pair with Devontae Parker. Yeah. You know, he's more of a you know, Devontae but he's more of just a contested catch guy, you know, catching traffic, red zone guy's more of a bigger receiver. You know, kind of like a, you know, I don't want to, you know, I feel like he, he moves better than Alshon Jeffrey and stuff, but he, I feel like he's kind of like in, like in that range. Like Alshon had the big year, you know, with the Bears, and they thought maybe he was the number one, got the contract, went to Philly. You know, he's had some decent games, especially during the Super Bowl run, but mm-hmm. definitely not a number one receiver. Parker, he had that great season last year, then, you know, he got paid. And I'm not saying, like, he let his foot off the gas or anything. But, you know, sometimes you just have a chip on your shoulder. And I feel right. like last year, you know, he had that chip on his shoulder. Like, you know, no one believed he was worth that pick. Then he went off. And then this season, you know, it's back to, you know, wondering, like, you know, is Devontae, you know, that guy? I think he's there for the long term. But they still got to get a top guy, I feel like, to yeah. open that offense up. Especially for two, you know, right now. That, that defense is good. And you have a defensive coach. So I feel like you really could, you know, focus on O in this upcoming draft. I agree. But I feel like the fact that, you know, the receivers outside of Parker are average, I feel like that that's a 
the Patriots can make it a tough one. Mike Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. They could. But I'm, I'm going to go with so I'm going to go for the upset. I just feel like Bill has something up his sleeve. Uh, we've got an even matchup between the 6-7 and seven Bears and the 6-7 and seven Vikings. It's even record-wise. The Vikings are favored by three because it's at home. Um, I'm on the fence about who I actually like in this. Um, I will say that it is interesting because they're both six and seven. So the Bears could jump the Vikings and go to eighth place when the Vikings drop down to ninth. However, if they end up with a if they end up tying as far as the end of the season goes, Minnesota, as it looks right now, is probably going to beat out the Bears for whatever position that is, if they tie anyway, because of the strength of schedule. And the Bears have been terrible against their division this year. NFC North has just destroyed the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they destroyed the Lions, too, for what it's worth. But, um, man, I'm not even – I'm not sure who I like in this because both teams are just, like, sputtering. Who do, Bull, who do you like in this match? For me, I'm going to go with the Vikes. It's, it's a very even matchup, though. Two six and seven teams, divisional game. You know, two teams that really haven't been able to write the ship off season. The Vikings, they've put some put some wins together, got back in playoff contention after a terrible start. And the Bears, you know, they the opposite. They had a good start and then they basically you know, they played their way out of playoff contention. Yeah. I mean so they're both six or seven, so I wouldn't say out of playoff contention, but you know, they're at the point in time where they were you know, five and two. Mm-hmm. No, they're six and seven. Yep. <laughs> so you know that's 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 hard the hard pill to swallow, but I'm gonna go with the Vikings just because I like that offense more. Even though the, the Bears have the better D, I like that the Vikings have, you know, two receivers that can make plays. The way Dalvin Cook is playing. And Kirk, you know, Kirk hasn't been bad this season. He gets a lot of flight, but Kirk has been decent. Been, you know, probably better than decent. He's been pretty good. Had a couple of duds, but I feel like overall he's performed well. That defense, you know, isn't what it usually is under Mike Zimmer. Right. They have a very young secondary. They never had got Daniel Hunter. So I feel like they knew it would be a, a struggle on D this season or a learning process, but I don't think they felt like, you know, the D would be as bad as it's been at times this season. Mm-hmm. But as far as the Bears... They blew the Texans out last week. I wasn't expecting that one. I didn't, I didn't see a blowout coming in. Mitch was great, too. <laughs> Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky looked like Patrick Mahomes normally does. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes looked yeah. like Trubisky normally does. <laughs> yeah, man. And David Montgomery, he's starting to put it together. 200-yard rushing games out of his last three. So this is definitely going to be a good one. But I just like what the Vikings have more overall. Feel like they're gonna make some plays. <laughs> Get this W at home. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Vikes. Something like 24 or 20, something like that. All right, you officially you've sold me on the Vikes. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at it and I go, okay, you know, like like 
Kirk Cousins has got a 102.7 rating this year. He's thrown for just shy, two yards shy of 3,300 yards so far with 27 and 12. Obviously, we know how good Dalvin Cook is. Dalvin Cook's missed multiple games. He's second in the league in rushing. I mean, the Bears' defense is really good, but the Bears' offense is usually really not good at all. And I think that's the deciding factor for me is the Bears' offense is really inconsistent between really bad and just good enough. You know what I mean? It's not like it's really bad and really good. It's like really bad and eh, they did just enough on offense outside of last week. But, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think the Vikings, uh, they make this playoff push a little more interesting. They get up even 7-7 and at 500 and uh, see how they can – see if they can figure out a way to uh, finagle and keep themselves into the playoffs. Uh, well, hey, now we got two more playoff teams, man. The nine and four Seahawks and the division leading six and seven Washington football team. Man, who 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 thought Washington would be leading that division? I didn't. <laughs> yeah, me. I, I mean, if we're being honest, going into the season, I think we all had Dallas kind of running away with the division or Philly running away with the division, depending on who you're a fan of more. But I think it was, yeah, you know, I like uh, Washington and New York were bottom feeders. And it's pretty much the opposite of, of that right now, where it's like Washington is is leading the division, but... Hey, don't look now. The Giants are right on your tail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely didn't think it would be this way. But I, I thought I had had Philly winning at ten and six with the Cowboys. I think right you had I think yeah, your uh, your predictions early in the season was Philly ten and six. Yeah, man. Carson Wentz let me down. <laughs> Not just him, but you know, mainly How good is it to see Jalen Hurts? <laughs> well, I mean, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but it was great to see Jalen Hurts. Who are you liking in the who are you liking in the Seahawks and Washington game? Um, I'm going with Seattle. I just feel like this is a tough one, though. It's surprisingly tough just because Seattle, they've been iffy these last four or five games that you know they they just dropped one to the Giants two weeks ago. So it, it's we know a good defense can get them out of their rhythm a little bit, and the Washington has one of the best defensive mm-hmm. lines in the league right now. They've been controlling football games, and they're at home. You know, I saw Alex Smith didn't play today. I mean, didn't practice today. Right. So or didn't practice yesterday. So I'm not sure. You know, if he if he plays, I don't. If he doesn't play, I don't think they have a chance. Not a knock against Haskins, but he's just not ready right now. Like he didn't look good when he came in in spot duty last week when Alex Smith went down and accuracy was still off, touch was off. He just looks like he's he's years, you know, years Which is away. Because he should <laughs> not be. trying to knock him or anything, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But you know, those guys when they only start, you know, one year at college, it's, it's tough to just come in pick up an NFL offers. I feel like Haskins, you know, at least one year as a starter, you know, in that Ohio State offers, I feel like, you know, he was kind of kind of yeah. raw. 
But I, but I feel like it's probably something else going on with him, too. It just doesn't seem like he's understanding the game right now. Yeah, where Tua says that the game's slowing down for him, I feel like he's still like, oh, my God, like, I got to turn Madden down real quick. Like, I can't play it on Hall of Fame mode. I got to play it on, <laughs> <laughs> on rookie. Yeah, man. He, yeah, it looks a little confused out there sometimes. I, I feel like the defense will make it interesting. I feel like they'll get after Russ. The Seahawks defense, after being, you know, horrendous to start the year, they've actually gotten things in order. Last week, Jamal Adams broke the record for sacks by a safety or a defensive back eight and a half. It would be crazy to see him get 10 sacks. That would be crazy. I feel like he's going to get a sack today. Probably the best blitzing DB in the league right now. Russell Wilson and DK, they're going to get off, I feel like. Well, I won't say get off, but they'll have some nice connection. Like, I think DK hits 100. And Seattle wins. I feel like it's going to be somewhat of an ugly game just because I think that's just how Washington plays. And sometimes Seattle, they just they play down. Well, I won't say play down. They just struggle against certain teams. Like, when you have a good defensive front, you know, they struggle. The Giants have a good defensive front. They struggle. Rams, they struggle. And I feel like Washington with Montez sweating. Chase Young, who's looking like, you know, arguably yeah. the defensive rookie of the year right now. You know, no, I feel like they're definitely going to struggle. They might bottle up that run game, get a couple of sacks, but Russ going to get this one, get the 10-4. and four. I don't see them dropping this one with the playoffs. The I won't say playoffs on the line, but the positioning is you want to you, you want to stay in that you want to stay in that five spot. <laughs> exactly, that's NFC what you want. That's that playoffs. that's the coveted spot right now. You either want you either want the the first the first round buy or you want the the NFC East. Hey, bringing up my Stafford though, man. I'm I'm not even sure if they're even thinking about it. But when the Washington wanted to make a move or something, they wanted to move Stafford. The Lions, yeah. but I feel like Washington is the team who should come calling. I feel like they're just a, a quarterback away, if you ask me, and maybe another receiver, but that defense is ready. If they had a, a solid quarterback right now, not knocking Alex Smith, but a guy who can make more plays with his arm, then they'd probably be running away with this division mm-hmm. right now. Probably nine wins, um, right now, eight or nine I wins. I got Washington probably. on an upset on this one. And I I only have Washington winning based off of their defense because when I look at the games that Seattle has lost, they've all been to good defenses. And they're, they're, they lost to the Giants. The Giants' defense is, is a hell of a lot better than their offense is. Um, Russell Wilson only had 263 yards passing and a, and a touchdown. He had a rating of 78 because he was 27 of 43. The last loss after the Giants came in November. They lost to the Rams. We all know how good the Rams' defense is. And I'm just looking at this saying, this Washington defense is is so good that I think even a Dwayne Haskins, I, I, I really believe that Dwayne Haskins can still lead this team to score just enough points for them to win. If Alex Smith happens to to get the start and he's able to play and his calf is okay, I think Washington wins it. I don't want to say easily, but I think Washington wins it and it won't be like a last second kind of thing or last drive or anything like that. And I think Washington will win by by five, 
five to ten points if Alex Smith is there. Um, I still like Washington, though. I just think that as good as Seattle's offense is, their kryptonite is playing against a good defense. And when you've got fast guys that can chase down Russell Wilson in the backfield like Montez Sweat and Chase Young, that's a recipe for disaster. I like Washington, man. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Washington, it could happen. I wonder if um, I don't know, but I I would like him a little more if I knew about if Antonio Gibson was playing. I'm not sure if he is or not. I know he didn't play last week. I know he didn't practice uh, yesterday, but because you know he's he's looking like one yeah. of the top you know RB prospects in his class as far as rookies. I mean, as far as like their production, prospect wise, you know, there were a couple guys better coming in from college, but he stepped right in, adjusted to a full full time, being a full time running back because you know he split time at receiver and running back in college. But he was always built, you know, he was always big, you know, two hundred twenty eight pounds. So he really had a running back build, and I feel like they were kind of easing him into it. Because they probably, you know, he wasn't used to taking those hits on a consistent basis, but it started letting him get loose a little bit, and he goes down, you know, with the toe injury. I would like to see him play this week. He didn't didn't practice on Wednesday. Got to rest him up, if not. Alex Smith didn't either. He said that he actually feels okay. Um, He's taking it day by day. Um, And he said it's early in the week, then he actually might end up, he might find himself playing. You never know, to be honest. Um, Gibson, I mean, they're still kind of toying with, man. I mean, I'm seeing, like, they didn't put him on IR. Like, maybe his injury is more severe than we thought. (laughs) But who knows? I'd like to see him come back. Um, He's listed as questionable. I would say probably uh, gets downgraded Saturday to doubtful if I'm a, if I'm betting on that. But, yeah, I still like Washington with the upset because as good as Seattle has looked lately, I do uh, – Jamal Adams, I do definitely think that he's going to get that sack, though, at least one. I want him to, I want him to get 10, man. He needs to get 10. Um, but, yeah, Washington is going to start sealing the deal – on uh, taking this NFC East and all of the jokes about a nameless football team winning a division will haunt us for the rest of our lives, Bull. (laughs) Uh, The 5-8 San Francisco 49ers are headed to Dallas to take on the 4 and 9 Cowboys. 49ers are favored by 3. Bull, do you remember in the 90s when these this was like an oh my god matchup? And you're like, "Oh, it's the 49ers and Cowboys." Like everybody's got to call out of work, we got to call out of school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And now look at how how yeah, the mighty have fallen. The biggest matchup in the league at one point in time. Mm. I don't even. Yeah, we gotta watch two I mean, backup QBs. I'm assuming San Francisco t- gets gets the win here, just because they're 
Dallas still just doesn't. I'm still just confused by Dallas. I really am because yeah, I get it. You're missing. You're missing Dak, but you weren't winning with Dak either, <laughs> and that's the thing that still just confuses me. Um, the 49ers are. I mean, yeah, they've only got five wins, but they found a way to get five wins with basically all of their star players injured. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Like that shows me like the ultimate um, overcoming of adversity for this team. And when you look at the record and you go, yeah, they finished five and eight. They're terrible. And you go, well, they're missing their top tight end. They're missing their top defensive lineman. They're missing their starting quarterback for a while. They're missing every running back at one point. <laughs> like They're missing top receivers. This team has been missing pieces all season, and they found a way to win, string along five wins. I said earlier, I'm not a moral victory guy at all, but when you look at the adversity that this team has had, I'm impressed by the fact that they've got five wins and they're not like a 1-12 team like Jacksonville is. Who do you like in this one, Bull? I'm going to go with the um, 49ers. <clears throat> Did they get this win? Brandon Ayuk, the rookie receiver, he's, he stepped in well. Debo went down with the mm-hmm. hamstring injury last week, but you know, he's pretty. He's played well all season. Had 119 yards last week, 95 the week before against Buffalo. I really like him a lot against his Dallas secondary. I think he has a big game. And the Cowboys, they're a confusing team. They blew the, well, they blew the Bengals out last week, but you know it is the Bengals <laughs> with no Bengals. no Joe Burrow, <laughs> so it really doesn't mean anything, really. Right. Kyle Shanahan is a, uh, you know, one of the best offensive minds in the league. He'll figure out how to put his guys in the position to make some plays against that Dallas defense because you know it's. The worst in the league. Offensively, I don't I don't see any daughter making a lot of plays. He just hasn't looked like, you know, he has much left as far as being a guy who will who will light a defense. So he was never that guy really, but he still have some outings. Even with all these weapons in Dallas, though, he hasn't had any. He's still just a pure game manager. Zeke. You know, he he's just mm-hmm. not himself right now. And the offensive line is they creating the same hole that they used to for him. So it's been even tougher yep. for him. I think it's a good game just because you're the other two teams with backups and you no know, injury. Well the Fortnite's have multiple injuries. The Cowboys have the offensive line and that gone, but I think they're healthy everywhere else, but still no O line, no quarterback that that's tough. And they're at home and this is going to be one of those games where it's two bad teams or they play a good game. But the Vikings, I mean, the, the 49ers win, though. They just have more talent to me all around. I agree. Dallas, Dallas is stacked when you look at the roster, and it's just. I try to keep it family friendly, but it's like a crap show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? It really, it really is. I just. I'm. I'm I'm still confused by Dallas. Um, One team I'm not confused by is the 0-13 Jets. They're headed to L.A. to take on the Rams, who are 9-4. This is the biggest slant of the week. The Rams are favored by 17. I don't think I've seen this. 
I don't think I've seen a spread that far in a long time. <laughs> Seventeen yeah, points big. is uh yeah, that's that's huge. Um the Jets are I mean the Jets are the Jets. There's it's not a trap game. It's not like I don't like I said, the Jets look like an 0 13 team. The Jags don't look like a one and twelve team. Um the Bengals look like a two ten and one team, you know what I mean. But the Jets look absolutely abysmal on every side of the ball, and the Rams are definitely going to win. The Rams, I think, the Rams are going to cover. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. It's <laughs> going to be a blowout. <laughs> the Jets they won't be able to do anything against that Rams defense. I don't think they no. They might <laughs> not score a touchdown, not. but I give them ten points. I I say the Rams win like 38-10. I think this would be a real ugly one. Yep, yeah. it's gonna be over quick. You know, Rams. They're trying to stay in control of that of that division. Got the Seahawks right there with them, so they're not gonna take this game lightly. Even though it's a bad opponent, I don't see it as a you know, a trap game or anything like that. Aaron Donald's going to cause havoc. Jalen Ramsey's going to lock up. I think Jared Goff has a nice day. And, and Cam Akers, the rookie, rookie running back, you know, he he's finally um starting to figure it all out. Big yeah, he's starting to figure it all out, get adjusted to the speed of the game. Yep. Has over 70 yards in his last three, had 170 last week against the Patriots. So, yeah, I'm... Can't wait to see him play. Have another rookie on D. Late round guy, Jordan Fuller. Safety. Has like three picks on the year. He's been a great pick for him. So they've been able to get some immediate contributions from some young guys. And I'm eager to see those two. Two guys are going to be focusing on that Jets game. When you play against a team like the Jets... Do you look at this like, how can I pad my stats no. on the season? Hey, you never know, man. I, I bet they're going to try some <laughs> like, stuff. Try some stuff out in the playbook. I'm not trying some stuff yeah. out in the playbook. This, this is like Sean McVay is like, all right, flip to the end of the playbook and we're going to run these plays because we never have to get that deep and we're not going to get that deep this week. So let's just try all these other plays that we don't ever get to run. That's the way I look at it. But like I said, this game is probably going to be over midway through the first quarter. It's going to be like 21-0 the first quarter. It's going to be an ugly one. Rams at home, too. It's definitely going to be an ugly one. Yeah, man. Um, 4-8-1. Philadelphia Eagles headed to Arizona to take on the 7-6 Cardinals. Cardinals are favored by 6 um, Jalen Hurts getting the second start. I liked what I saw from Hurts last week. Um, I've said it before, and I said I'll say it again. Hurts was one of my top three quarterback picks. I liked, I, I liked him better because I didn't think Tua was going to be able to recover fully. So I'll preface by saying that. But I liked Herbert Burrow and Hurts as my top three quarterbacks heading into the draft with Herbert being my number one overall quarterback. Um, so I'm super happy that Hertz is getting the nod. But Arizona's playing for a playoff position. I mean, they're in the playoffs technically as it is right now. Um, I just don't know if Hertz has enough to 
beat a team like the Cardinals with all of the offensive weapons. Like, essentially, you're going to say, okay, Jalen Hurts is going to battle Kyler Murray. Who do you think is going to win? And I think you got to give the nod, at least at this point in time, to Kyler Murray. So I got the I got the Cardinals winning. I don't know if they cover by six, but I got the Cardinals winning. Yeah, I got the Cardinals winning, too. <clears throat> Hurts, he looked good in his first start. You know, 100 yards rushing. I mm-hmm. think he had about 160 passing. So I feel like, you know, they're... The more, you know, film teams get, the more they're going to figure out how to make them uncomfortable. I feel like they're going to try to Cardinals. They'll probably try to make them more of a passer because, you know, you can't let them get comfortable with his legs like that. Like, rushing for over 100 yards, like, you know, Hurst is going to have a great game every time if he can do that. But, you know, outside, even though you only had 160-something passing yards, I think he had like 167 or something like that. For me, it was like the defi- mm-hmm. the, the decision making. Though he was quick getting the ball out, you knew he looked comfortable in the pocket. He never panicked. Kept some plays alive with his leg, with his legs. So you know, I, I like that about him. I, mean, I really want to see how he does this week because the Cardinals, their defense isn't. You know, it's not bad. It's not good. It's like pretty much an average defense. Hassan mm-hmm. Reddick, he's been he's been stepping up lately though. You know, I saw he had a five. I think he had a five sack game last week. So he could cause some pressure. You know, cause some problems for uh, Jalen Hurts, make him uncomfortable back there. But as far as the Cardinals offense, you know, I think they have a good game. I think they get this W. You know, I mean, both these teams are really playing for for their playoff. You know, lives in a way. Because the Eagles, they, they're still only like a game game out of first place or a game and a half, something like that, for their division title. So they went out. They're still right there in the mix. So they need this win. And the Cardinals, they can't drop the game. They drop the game, and then they're going to be tied with whoever wins that Vikings-Minnesota, I mean, that Vikings-Bears game. So it's really a big game for both teams. Now, I really am eager to see these two quarterbacks, these two young quarterbacks, especially Hurts in his second start. But I got to go with the cards. I just feel like Kyler is playing at a high. You know, he's playing great. 33 touchdowns on the season total, 23 passing, 10 rushing. That MVP talk is kind of dwindled down. You know, it's quieted down because they lost some games and he had a couple, you know, subpar performances. But still having a great season in year two. I yeah, I think uh, the whole offense for Arizona just kind of sputtered out. Like DeAndre Hopkins was running away with receiving yards. I mean, he was over a thousand receiving yards well before anybody was even at like seven hundred fifty. Like he was far above and far beyond everybody else, and it just seems like yeah, they just kind of sputtered, uh, like sputtered out a little bit. Um, I just look at Philadelphia and you go well. The only thing that's changed in Philadelphia is Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. That's it. The, it. Miles Sanders put together uh, some some good games, but he was he's been there. The receiving core has been there. Like, what about this team has really changed outside of the quarterback? And do I like Jalen Hurts? I do, but I don't think he's good enough to overcome 
the Arizona Cardinals by himself because that's what Carson Wentz would have had to do. So why would Jalen Hurts' scenario be any different? Just that's the way I look at it. So yeah, I'm 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 still sticking with the Cardinals just like you. And uh the Cardinals are probably gonna the Cardinals, Rams, and and Seahawks are probably gonna make this uh this little battle for the NFC West a little interesting as we uh head towards the final weeks of the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is probably, this would have been the matchup of the week. The 12 and one Kansas city chiefs headed to new Orleans to take on the 10 and three saints. Although they've got Taysom Hill and as quarterback, um, even if drew Brees is playing quarterback, do you think the saints could beat the chiefs? I mean, that, that defense is playing great right now and the saints are at home. So I, I could see this other game. The Chiefs, Chiefs. I mean, the Saints could have gotten over the Chiefs at home, just because it was regular. Yeah, if, if they, they had Breeze, because you know. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Even yeah. without the crowd, you know, it's not the same. You know, being it's at home true. without that crowd, you know, that crowd noise makes a difference. So you know, it's not the same. But I still would like their chances. I would say, you know, it's a a, a good possibility, like more of like a fifty-fifty, you know, game. I feel like they, they can match up mm-hmm. with them, you know, at certain points. You know, they have a the defense has really stepped up this season. I'm like what I saw from on D. Offensively, they have some elite guys, you know, Kamara and, and Mike Thomas. Jared Cook has been good this season at tight end. Emmanuel Sanders has made some nice catches, especially for Taysom Hill. Trey Quan Smith, yes. Latavius Murray. You know, you have Sean Payton. <clears throat> so I feel like with Drew Brees, this would really probably be an exciting game, but with Taysom Hill, man, I just, I'm not trying to knock the guy. He's just not a, a good, you know, passer. And I feel like in the NFL, if you're a quarterback in year, you know, you're already, you know, you're 30 years old when you, you're still not a, a good passer, a sound passer, you know, it's, it's never going to happen. Like, you, you are, you are what exactly. you are. It's not. I feel like, pay, you know, it's just a, you know, guys have you know big egos, and they, they want to show everybody, you know, how smart they are. And Sean Payton is one of the offensive whiz guys, you know, one of the best offensive minds, you know, the game has seen. So he has a guy like Taysom Hill who, who he believes in, who he believes he can mold. Now he gets the chance to put it out there for the world to see, and, you know, he's taking every opportunity, you know, to do it, and they're winning. I mean, they lost last week, but they were winning games even with Taysom Hill, you know, not throwing the football well. So, you know, there wasn't any reason to take them out. But, you know, they lose last week. They dropped this one, and the Breeze still isn't ready. You could start hearing, you know, more clamors for Jameis to at least get a shot. I just I, – I don't understand why Jameis still isn't getting a shot. Even though, like, like you said, even though they were finding ways to win – I don't understand how you can't give a shot to Jameis Winston, who was arguably the most productive quarterback of the season last year. I know he had 30 turnovers. I know he had 30 picks, but he had 30 touchdowns, too. And he had 5,000 yards. I don't understand how you can really sit there and say that Taysom Hill is going to be your starting quarterback over Jameis Winston. That still just does not add up and does not make any sense to me. And I'm sure that Jameis Winston feels very slighted by that too. Like here's here's a guy whose agent 
was saying that he's going to try and get him $30 million a year. He signs for $1 million on a one-year contract to learn from Drew Brees, who hasn't even been there for the last couple of weeks. So he really signed this contract to learn from Taysom Hill. Like, come on, man. You can't tell me that Taysom Hill is a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. Even the biggest of Jameis Winston haters. Bull, you're a Bucks fan. I cover the Bucks. You know, I know Jameis Winston's got some real big haters. But as big of a hater as you could be of Jameis Winston, you cannot tell me that Taysom Hill should be starting over top of Jameis Winston, especially deep into the playoffs when you're now fighting to see if you can get number one in the NFC back and get that first round by. Especially when your number one quarterback in Drew Brees is still injured. That, that, that first round by means everything. If you've got an injured quarterback, if your franchise player is injured, you want that number one position. You don't want to just get to the playoffs and take it as that. You want to get that by. You want to give Drew Brees an extra week to just heal up before all of the playoff hits start coming because you know the playoff the playoffs are harder hitting. You know guys are trying to lay other guys out a little bit more than they are in the, in the regular season. It's just it, it it bothers me that Taysom Hill is still playing. And I get that they're that that they're finding ways to win. It just does not make any sort of sense to me that Taysom Hill is still playing, especially when you've got a healthy Mike Thomas, a healthy Emmanuel Sanders, and a healthy Alvin Kamara that Jameis Winston could easily put up 420 yards. Even against the Chiefs defense, that's good. You know what? He might throw a pick six. He might, but he's probably going to get you four scores. Rant's over. <laughs> Sorry. Chiefs win. Yeah, I'm going Chiefs too. <laughs> see what um yeah, see what happens, man. The Chiefs Mahomes had a you know has had a, a rough week. Even though he still had three hundred yards, you know, a couple touchdowns got the W. Had some turnovers, took some bad sacks, you know, made some bad decisions last week. So I'm sure he'll wanna come out on point this week, have a clean football game. I just don't think the same this offense can put up enough points with Taysom Hill to compete, you know, with the Chiefs. Let's say the let's say they can with Jameis Winston, <laughs> Bull. I'm telling yeah, yeah, you. It'd be, it'd be a possibility for sure. I, I would like the chances more. But yeah, Chiefs, yeah, I gotta go with the Chiefs. Yep. Chiefs are just gonna run away with the uh the AFC over here. Uh, the nine and four Cleveland Browns are headed to the five and eight New York Giants. I know Cleveland lost, but man, Cleveland looks so good in that loss. <laughs> Baker Mayfield looks so good. I feel like that was the game that made Baker Mayfield wake up. And this is the kind of game, another primetime game, Sunday Night Football. I feel like this is the game that Baker needs to show was not a fluke that what we saw last week. Yeah. 
I'm looking for Cleveland to win pretty big. They're only favored by four. I'm looking for them to win by like 12. Um, I got Cleveland for sure. I've been liking what I'm seeing with the Browns. I talk about Stefanski pretty much every week on our show here. And I'm rolling Cleveland. And Cleveland for the future is a team to uh, to be on the lookout for, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Cleveland. I feel like this Giants defense can make things interesting, keep the game. I feel like they have a chance to keep the game close. They can find a way to to bottle up those running backs. If they can find a way to bottle up Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, slow them down a a bit, you know, and try to um, make the the Browns throw the ball more. So I think they'll have a chance. But if you let them get that run game going. You know they get to play acts. You know it's just gonna be hard to hard for the Giants to do anything because you know, <laughs> most yep. likely have Colt McCoy starting at quarterback this week. So that, that's not a good sign at all. I would like their chances more with with Daniel Jones. He can make plays, you know, with his legs and his arm. Still like the Browns either way though, but I would just like the Giants' chances more. But yeah, mm-hmm. Browns. If, you no, know, they're they're taking that next step, trying to become you know a playoff team. This is the game, you know, you go and you handle business against a five and eight football team. They're, they're only yeah, a, don't play yeah, only a game up. <laughs> they're only a game up on on the Dolphins and the Ravens. Sitting at nine to four, and the Dolphins and the Ravens are eight and five. So you know, they don't have any wiggle room. You can't lose this game, especially if you're going to be facing a, a backup quarterback. You know, this team doesn't have, yep. say, Quan, so they really don't have much on, oh, like a, a consistent, legit threat of offense. You know, the Giants don't have that right now. So it should be a win for the Browns. I'm, go- I'm going with the Browns. I think something like 24-10, something like that, 23-10. Okay. So we're both back on the same page. Um, it's going to wrap it up. I can't believe this is the Monday night game, man. It's terrible. going to wrap it up with the 11-2 and two Pittsburgh Steelers heading to the Joe Burrowless 2-10-1 Cincinnati Bengals. No explanation needed, right? <laughs> Steelers? Yeah, I got I got Steelers. Steelers big. Coming yeah, off back-to-back I mean, losses. You know, this is something out of... Definitely a good little confidence build. Well, they're probably they're vets. I don't think they need you know confidence builders, but this is just to get them back in the rhythm, get them back on track. Mm. Now they have the coach next week, so you know get this win, get to get to chemistry, get everything back in order, heading into a big game next week. But there's really no reason for Pitt to lose this game, you know, against the Bengals. Even with the start, even with Joe Burrow, but with no Joe Burrow, you know, there's really no reason. I'm a thousand percent <laughs> with you on that, man. That this this should not be a trap game. If if Joe Burrow's in there, mm, even then, I don't think it's a trap game. But yeah, it's, Pitt, man, they, that should man, be. They need this one, man. They pick. Man, they, they, that offense just is. I'm not sold on Pitt. I know it sounds crazy. It's not sold on an eleven and two team, but. I'm just not sold on them yet, man. They they're not throwing they can't they're not throwing the ball downfield. You know, that their rank game has been non existent, you know, the last five or six weeks. You know, it's just being in the shotgun, really. You know, you rarely even see them running play action or anything. Like it's 
solely being in the shotgun when they're throwing the football. It's like, you know, he's older and you got that elbow injury. You know, they're trying to keep him safe, but it, it's kind of taking, you know, a little bit of, you know, it's taking some things away from the offense as far as what they can do. So getting that run game going is really key for them because if not, it's just big being a shotgun a hard game. Yeah, which, I mean, uh, eventually you're going to be able to catch up and see what that is. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be able to find out the answer to that, and you're going to be able to stop them. I mean, they're already 11-2. and two. I feel like every week that we've been, un- been unable to do the show, they lose. So, <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh fans, you're welcome that we're back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that does it for this week's slate of games. Week 15 will be in the books after after Monday night's uh, should-be-debacle and massacre in Cincinnati. <laughs> it should be. Oh, man. Who, do you got any fantasy nuggets for the for the folks out there this week, Bull? I mean, As people start winding down, you should be heading into your championship season right yeah, now. It's, it's your championship week. Yeah, it's playoff weeks, man. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, I lost – Two of my leagues last week. Still alive in two though, so Okay. But, you know, okay. it's unfortunate. <laughs> so but, yeah, so, so take bulls advice yeah, 50% yeah, of the I'm time going, is what he say, said. Man, you're listening to a guy <laughs> two and two right now, the playoffs, but <laughs> Well, I mean, I feel like this is a good game for, you know, Brandon Ayuk. Throw in Brandon mm-hmm. Ayuk from the 49ers. I start him for sure this week. Like that. He he's He's been pretty consistent, you know, all season. You know, he's had 70-plus yards in a lot of games. I think he had like two or three where he had below 70 yards. I feel like that's a good guy to look at. I mean, you know Antonio Gibson, of course, is J.D. McKissick from Washington. Then Logan Smith, tight end from Washington. You know, they've been the two top targets. You know, it hasn't been Terry McLaurin lately. It's been Logan Thomas and... (laughs) J.D. McKissick. I think that Terry McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins' uh, connection rears its head this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so, man. I'm hoping so. Cause, you know, Smith can't really throw it down the field much, so hopefully he can get him on a big one. Dwayne Haskins can. Yep, I'm, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping Dwayne Haskins shows a little sign of life this week. And... Uh, We'll see. Terry McLaurin's got to get going again, man, because he's it's their top target. You got to get him going, man. Yeah. Well, I'll say if you get looking, if your quarterback spots looking a little suspect, I feel like Philip Rivers and Derek Carr, those two guys you could look at starting this week. I saw that that Rivers. I know ESPN leagues Rivers, Rivers is only rostered like twenty four percent of league, so. I'll say that's a good pickup, especially going against the Texans. I just find it crazy that Phillip Rivers is having the year he is, and he's only rostered in like 24%. That's just that's weird. Yeah. He's having a solid season. And then you got a, another last last one I'll say is, um, you know, it's with Will Fuller getting suspended, Texans threw in Chad Hansen last week at receiver. He had... Over a hundred yards. A lot of people thought thought it was going to be you know, Kiki Boutte that would be the guy, but it was really Chai Hansen. So that's another guy you definitely should be looking at because he's playing with Deshaun Watson. So he's you know, he's playing with an elite quarterback who's going to throw the ball 30, 40 times, closer to forty. Mm-hmm. 
And if you that's one of his top options, he's gonna get some targets. So that's another guy you could look at if you you know, it's been a crazy year, a lot of injuries right now, guys getting thrown on the Colvin list. So it's probably some holes on some guys' roster. Tim Patrick, receiver from Denver, that's another guy. Gus Edwards, running back, Ravens. Just throwing out some names because I know the COVID mess and injuries have, have teams decimated right now. How about Dez? Yeah, man, I'm <laughs> Dez because it's just playoffs, man. So I'll be iffy about, you know, wanting to throw Dez in. Well, you, you basically in a must-win game. I mean, you could it's, think about it, but it's, it's just crazy because. You. It's must win for fantasy and it's must win for real for the race. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's like, it's, they're going to lean on that you know, must win game. They're probably going to lean on that, that rank game. That's what I would assume. Yeah. For sure. So it's just the value for me with Dez. Like, it's probably like if they pass the ball, they'll probably pass it 25 times. Mark Andrews probably has like eight or nine targets. And then, I mean, the rest is up for grabs because there's no Marquise, you know, Brown or Miles Boykin. So, Daz could, but it just doesn't seem like, like, I feel like they should have a whole package for Daz. So, like, it should be a whole, like, I mean, like a whole, you know, 10 to 12 plays when Daz is out there, you know, this play is for Daz. Yeah. I don't feel like they've been doing that, but maybe this is the week. Who knows? So if you wanna, you like you like living life on the edge, you know, maybe you, you do that one. Austin Powers style, living life <laughs> dangerously over here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, I appreciate the Nuggets, man. We will uh, we will catch up on the fantasy next week on the show. That's gonna wrap it up for us this week, guys. Enjoy week fifteen. Glad we're back. Next week is the pre-Christmas episode. Man, I can't wait. It's going to be exciting, Bull. So until next time, catch you later. See y'all later. Have a good one.